As you listen in today and you hear about the things that God has been doing, as well as the things he's leading us to do this next year, that you would listen with an ear to say, how can I be engaged in the kingdom of God through the ministries of Putnam City Baptist Church? Thanks for tuning in to the Putnam City Baptist Church podcast. Our 2019 theme is making disciples as we help our community know God, become family, and impact the world. We hope this message encourages you wherever you might be. If you'd like to learn more about PCBC, visit us online at pcbc.tv. Now, here's Pastor Bill. That was just a review of a few things the Lord did among us in 2019. Didn't know if anybody would show up today after last Sunday's sermon on the wrath of God, so God bless your faithfulness to uh, trust us with another Sunday at Putnam City Baptist Church. We are going to move away from the wrath of God to the will of God. Uh, Today's a little bit of a different sermon. If you're visiting today, you get to look in on the heartbeat of PCBC. It's what we call the State of the Church Address. We do it at the beginning of each year in the month of January. We try to reflect on where we've been, what God has been doing among us, and where God is leading us in the days ahead. So I hope you'll be greatly encouraged. As you listen in today and you hear about the things that God has been doing, as well as the things he's leading us to do this next year, that you would listen with an ear to say, how can I be engaged in the kingdom of God through the ministries of Putnam City Baptist Church. Well, as we look at these things, we want to look at what is God's will for us as a people, where he has planted us in this part of our city. So a few principles that we always go by that guide and direct your leadership of your church, uh, the ministerial staff, and all the different, uh, different ministry teams, we look at these principles from God's word. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write these down for your life as you discover God's will as well. In Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. Let's be reminded this is the Lord's house, not just this building, but you are the Lord's house. You're the dwelling of a holy God. And he has a will for your life as much as he has a will for this church family, this church body as well. And we need to make sure it's the Lord who's building our church, not some kind of technique and not that we're copy, uh, carbon copying other churches and what they do. What God is speaking and leading us to do in the uniqueness of who we are and the uniqueness of his calling. It is our desire as we look at all these different things that it's our submission to the Lord as he chooses to build his church right here at PCBC. Another famous passage that is often used in discovering God's will that I look to every single day I wake up is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. For many of you, that's a favorite passage of yours. You perhaps have memorized what we see in verses 5 and 6. He warns us, do not lean on your own understanding. I love the fact that PCBC just doesn't want to be a Baptist church. I love that we don't exist just to do what we've always done. That we are a people who literally believe that God knows what he's doing and if we'll simply let him build his church, we will experience the joy of our salvation and the joy of serving that holy God. We don't lean on our own understanding. We don't lean on our own traditions. But verse 6, in all of our ways, we acknowledge him. To acknowledge means to give attention to. In all of our ways, in every single decision, in everything we'll talk about today, This has been vetted many times through prayer, through uh, teams meeting together and and asking God to reveal his way. And as God has spoken and moved, uh, you'll see a lot of that revealed through this. It isn't just ideas we've come up with. 
It's not something that we seek to do. It's something God seems to be placing before us. And he says, in all of your decisions, in all of your ways, as you're moving, as you're going about your way, in every step, acknowledge God. Somebody knocks at your door, you have to choose whether you want to acknowledge that somebody's there or you can pretend they're not there and not let them in. We can do the same thing with God as we seek to be Christians. We can either acknowledge him and say, Lord, we know this to be your will. We hear your voice and we will follow you and we invite you to be our shepherd or we can just do it on our own. There are a lot of churches today doing it on their own, doing church, but not allowing him to be the Lord of the church. And in our desire today, we want to find how can we allow him to shepherd us into, look at the end of verse 6, into finding a straight path into the center of God's will. We don't dream it up. He leads us into it. We don't have to try to wonder what it might be. God reveals it step by step each time we acknowledge him in all of our ways. John chapter 10, verse 4 and verse 27, Jesus taught us much about how we experience the Father's will. In verse 4 it says, When he puts forth all of his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. Jesus used the parable of a shepherd with sheep, and he said, just as you can see today, the the sheep follow the voice of their shepherd, not a foreign voice, not a different voice, and they certainly don't just listen to each other, they need a shepherd, and so do we. I know that sometimes the ministerial staff, we're looked as your shepherds, we are under shepherds to the chief shepherd. And we must hear his voice, and we must follow him. Go down to verse 27. For Jesus promised, and you hear me quote it often because I believe this is critical. For my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. It speaks to that intimate relationship. And if we're not in that intimate relationship and spending time engaging and abiding in the Lord, we can't hear his voice, and if we can't hear his voice, we can't follow him. And if we're not following him, all we're doing is church. Sleep in. Get a Sunday morning, or let's learn to encourage each other in the faith, hear his voice, and follow him wherever he leads. Jesus himself gave an example. As he emptied himself, as he poured out himself here on earth, leaving his throne in heaven and walking on this earth, here's how he lived the Father's will. Turn to John chapter 5 and verse 19. John chapter 5 In verse 19, therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. We learn from the life of Jesus, and many of you have been through experiencing God. We realize that for many years we had just been trying to muster up business for God. That we tried to make up the dreams and ask God to bless those dreams. Well, that's not how Jesus did life, and that's not how we should do life. Every day we wake up, we should be looking to see where is the Father at work? What is he doing in this earth? It's his kingdom, not ours. It's his church, not ours. And so, Lord, where are you at work? And we join him in that. The vision we'll talk about today is not the pastor's vision. This isn't something that I'm trying to convince a church we need to be doing. I do believe this is what the Lord has revealed. This is not the deacon's vision, nor is it the strategic planning team's vision 
or even the church council's vision. And all those leadership groups have been engaged, walking together, shoulder to shoulder, side by side, praying, seeking, listening for the voice of God, and believing that these are the things that he's revealing to us. This is the shepherd's leading. It's the unpacking of his vision. And so today, as we look into those things, we want to see what are some next steps that God might be calling us to join him in building his kingdom through his people for his glory. Well, we always start by looking at where we've been. So I'll give you a a quick history lesson looking back over the last year. We are an Acts 1-8 church. If you look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's very clear that Jesus prophesied what his church should look like. He didn't say there's going to be Methodists and there's going to be Baptists and there's going to be Catholics and there's going to be all these denominations. No, he said, my church will receive the Holy Spirit and they will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We believe that that is God's will. That's not something I have to pray about. That's something I pray about of how God does that in my life and our lives. And so we seek to be obedient, to be an Acts 1-8 church. And if you know our church vision, it's to help our community know God, become family, and impact the world. And so everything that God is leading us to do fall under those three pillars of our vision, God's vision for his church, as we seek to make a difference in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So how do we do that? First of all, we take Acts 1-8 and we make our Jerusalem our neighborhood. Jerusalem obviously was a city, but Oklahoma City is so vast in size, uh, in population, that we aren't the only church in Oklahoma City. Don't know if you realize that or not, but there's some other ones in this city. And God has planted us right here in this part of this city to make a difference where he has planted us. And so our Jerusalem strategy is how do we do that in our neighborhood? Well, there are several things that we do. Uh, we started as we engaged at Wiley Post Elementary, just right down here, about a mile and a half uh, off of Britain there and, uh, and um, Rockwell, is Wiley Post Elementary School. We adopted that school, and we minister to the teachers and the administration. We write them prayer grams, and we have a ministry team that, frankly, could use some more help. As you're listening in, you may say, well, that's something I can do. I can bake some cookies to help bless some teachers and do some goodie bags. I can write prayer grams to those teachers. Do you know that we have many teachers there at Wiley Post and Putnam City North? They have prayer grams plastered all over their walls in their classroom of how you've been praying for them and their students who get to see that reality, but the teachers who are blessed by it. We also minister to the students through WizKids, and that program continues to grow and would be even double what we're doing now if we had more mentors who could help on Monday afternoons. We're reaching into houses that we would never ever be able to minister to if it wasn't for that WizKids program. Every Monday afternoon from 3 to 5 we're mentoring them and reading skills and sometimes it branches out to other things like math and other issues and life support and encouragement. We're seeing many connections with families through our Christmas banquet and through other things that we do throughout the year and each one as mentors are connecting with moms Moms or dads or moms and dads, they're bridging their way into those homes. We also connected with Putnam City North. We do the chaplain ministries over there. And Brian Weaver and our student ministry has done a great job of engaging our Sunday school classes to feed the football team at all home games, 
to provide chaplain ministry every single week to the football team and to other ministries or other, I'm sorry, other sports programs there on campus. If we had enough help and enough time, every single coach has come to Brian Weaver and said, would you also take on my team? And unfortunately, we've had to say no to some of those requests, but we're always finding ways to bridge into our schools and then Stan Stafford, who's in this service, leads out in a new ministry called First Priority Clubs. You've been hearing about that in the last year. Through that ministry, Stan has helped us launch clubs at schools, especially Putnam City Original High School, Putnam City North. Both are now averaging 80 or a little bit more than 80 every single week. Students who come together and are leading out to reach their campus and reach their student friends one by one. Just over the last year, year and a half, Stan told me that at least 20 students have come to know Christ who would have never heard the gospel if it hadn't been first priority clubs. And so we're seeking to, to partner together with Stan to do that in even more schools, but certainly do those well at Putnam City North and Putnam City Original. We also have a Compassion and Action ministry team that meets every single week that you may not even be aware of. And we are constantly having people who have crisis in their lives, financial, emotional, and spiritual. We have a team of adults that meet together and have taken that on as their ministry, and they will meet with those folks, they will counsel those folks, and they'll seek how can we come alongside and help those who live in the shadow of our steeple and who are at a point of desperate need, compassion, and action. We also seek to minister in our neighborhood through our family and marriage ministry team. If you've not been through our family resource center right off this hallway, off the lobby, you can find all kinds of helps for you, for your friends, for your neighbors, for your family. Issues of life on how to be a godly man and how to be a godly woman, how to experience God in your family life, no matter what your family looks like. There are all kinds of different helps for the greatest hurts in our culture. And then last year, we focused on taking some next steps, continuing to move forward on our children's and preschool remodel, a new children's building, a preschool remodel, and we've been faithful for the last two and a half years to engage in giving above and beyond our tithe to seek to make that happen. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. It was also last year that we challenged you to go deeper in your faith with Putnam City Baptist Church University, PCBCU. You heard Sean talk about that, and it's a new way of us being able to disciple people right where you are. It used to be that you always had to show up at the church building to get discipled, as if that's the only way you could learn the Word of God. We believe that we need to be more versatile, that we need to be more available in equipping the saints to know their God and to serve their God. So through PCBCU, you can still come to the church, and there are classes that are offered just like this afternoon at 3 o'clock with Brother Sean, but then there are other classes that you can engage in that you can do online. Some of the best Bible teachers around the world engaging through Right Now Media and through a partnership we have with that ministry organization you can be discipled with great Bible studies and great Bible study leaders, and you can do that at your pace, at home, or if you're traveling, you can always be involved in studying the Word of God. Well, those were some things we focused on in our Jerusalem. In our Judea last year, which represents our city, the greater Oklahoma City metroplex, we support these four ministries, Hope Pregnancy Centers, Many from our church are even on staff there. Many of us volunteer there. It is a great, amazing ministry to those who have come into an unplanned pregnancy and have major life decisions to make. Without this ministry, many of those would terminate those lives 
But through that ministry, many people are finding hope. Hope for their family, hope for their uh, relationships, hope for their future children, and finding God's will for their lives. It's a powerful ministry that you can be involved in as well. We also engage in senior living Bible studies through different senior living places throughout this part of Oklahoma City. We have a number of volunteers that provide chaplain ministries, that provide Bible studies, visitation and encouragement, and that ministry continues to grow as the need continues to grow. We also, in a very minimal way, and need to expand this again from where we used to be, is our prison ministry. And through that, there's a number of ways. We provide literature. We try to provide uh, a number of different things. We have several that are going into the prisons and the jails to provide ministry. And if you're interested in that, we have several in the heart of our church who are engaged in that ministry that can equip you and would love to mentor you to go where we need to be going, to the hurting, to those who find themselves at a desperate time of life. The fourth area we go to is the Jesus House now and Grace Rescue Mission. Two areas that are ministering to the homeless, not just to provide a roof over their head, not to just give a few warm meals, but also to give them a bright future, uh, to help them discover uh, tools that they can reinvent themselves, re-engage, and maybe turn their lives back around to being successfully engaged in their community with a job and with the future. And so those are many areas where you can get engaged if there's a passion that rings your bell, if there's an opportunity there that might sound like something God would be calling you to. Then we have our Samaria ministries. How do we minister to our nation? Well, through our prayer ministry, we're praying for our nation all the time. But we also go through disaster relief ministries. And we don't do that often. But as the need arises, there are several trained in our congregation that can also help you be engaged, where you can show up for two or three days. Sometimes it's a week-long mission. It might be we've gone into Missouri, we've gone into Texas. There are needs all over our country during national disasters. Southern Baptists, I believe, are the number three relief agency in all the world. It is a great open door to reach into the hurts of people's lives. We also go to New York City each and every year and support uh, now four mission churches. It started with two. Our two mission churches that we started with back in 2016 have already multiplied themselves into two other church plants. They're doing what we're supposed to be doing, taking the gospel into all the world and multiplying as they do that. We reach out to New City Church, which is in Long Island. We also now are mainly supporting Bridge Community Church, which is a break-off of New City Church. And then we also support Connection Church, and they have started a break-off called Queen's Church. And in all these pictures that you see up there on the screen, you'll see a variety of different parts of New York City that are now thriving with evangelistic ministries that we get to partner with as we reach into all the nations. The particular church you're seeing there is a church that sits idle at certain parts of the day, a beautiful church that is a different denomination, but rents their building out to our church partner, Connection Church, and they're doing a vibrant new ministry in a part of New York City called Astoria. They tell us within a one-mile radius, there are over 138 different languages spoken in a one-mile radius. And we get to be a part of reaching the world right there in that city. It's amazing, and you need to go next year, and all God's people said, I'm going. I'm going, I'm going. 
And if not New York City, we also go to the ends of the earth. Different times, God will open different doors, but right now we are certainly ministering through our PCBC International Ministry, started back in the 1970s. As we've reflected on that together, we've talked about how there are over 30 different nations represented in this one congregation, 30 different nations. And through that international ministry class and through others, we're now going to Costa Rica, we go to India, and we even have a team right now in Zambia. Uh, we'll take a look here at Zambia. This is Zambia expanding. It used to be the very far building, as you're looking at the picture, that's all that was there, was that itty-bitty building. To minister to a few kids who can't go to school, who can't afford it, who have no future. This is in a slum of a slum of Dola, Zambia. Ed and Donna Edwards, when they were over there doing a pastor's training and equipping, God laid it on their heart to take over this school that was closing. It has now expanded, and, and here you can look at last year. This is the number of students, and they had to leave a lot of them at home because that's all they could take care of. And through that, we're now feeding them warm meals. We're now providing them an education. Many of their brothers and sisters have been there long enough that they're now moving into high school. They would have never had that opportunity. And yet many of you have made that ministry possible because God calls us to go to all the earth. And so those are just a few of the things that we've been doing in 2019 as God has been growing a vision for us here in those ministries. What does it look like going into 2020? What are going to be some of the things that we'll be focusing on this year? Well, the first thing we'll focus on is a new ministry called Connection Ministries. And we've been doing this, but Justin Gammon, as many of you know, our former youth pastor, has taken on a new role to help us as a church in several areas. Number one, Connecting our church to our community, doing a better job of connecting with the lost and engaging in ministry where we live. He also will be helping our church, connecting uh, our community to our church, different ministries of how we help bridge into people's lives and then help them bridge into the life of the church. He'll also be helping you connect to your passions, your giftedness, and God's call in your life. And so he will be working with our First Impression Ministries that Brother Sean had been working with, and the two of them together will be bringing leadership there. They'll be working with our guest experiences when people step foot on our campus or have engagement with different ministries. He'll be helping the leaders and the volunteers of those groups. He'll be overseeing our media and technology as well as our worship venues and volunteers to do all these ministries. There's a lot to connect with, and God may be calling you into those connection-type ministries. What else will we be looking at in 2020? Well, God's will be done. We should be able to have a grand opening to our brand-new 12,500-square-foot children's building. Can you believe that that possibility is finally here? Now, that's looking on the outside. Here's a brief video. We're going to give you just a, a little bit of an update of what's going on behind the walls. Let's take a look at this. It's hard to believe we're in 2020 and we're standing right outside the brand new children's building. 2016, your strategic planning team brought us a vision that we needed to expand our campus and our facilities because of the huge growth in our children's and preschool ministry. And so today we're starting to see the fruit of that vision. In December of 2017, we kicked off that campaign and since then we've given $1.3 million to what you're about to see today. Let's take a tour of what God's doing at PCBC.
As we enter the building, you can see this is a grand tower, much like we have in our annex, where young families will be able to bring their children and their preschoolers. We have a huge lobby that is our entry point into this brand new space as we reach out to the next generation. As we get down into this space, you can see where the entry points are going to be or check-ins. This will be our children's desk and children's check-in, preschool entry on this side, and a lobby that exits right out into the sanctuary. So as we enter this way, we'll be going back into the brand new children's building for first through sixth graders. New classrooms are going up. You're going to hear lots of construction. It's getting really exciting. As we come through here, you're going to see all the different classrooms on each side. 12,500 new square feet for us to minister to young people and their families. Here's our master room. This will be used for Awanas, for game time, for uh, major group gatherings, classrooms again on each side. This is going to be such valuable space as we now open up not just more for our children, but also regain space that we'll be able to use for adult Sunday school as well. So this is a general overview of the new space that God's going to open up in 2020. We're super excited for our next steps in this campaign, which will be to focus on finishing strong. We have $700,000 more to go. It's going to take all of us coming together, continuing to give above and beyond to make that happen. We also anticipate that it'll be May of this year, May of 2020, that we'll be able to open up all of this for our children to engage in and for our children's ministry to continue to prosper and to grow. So join us this year, 2020, and let's make sure we finish strong what God is doing among us. It's a good thing, huh? The video helps a little bit, but still doesn't do it justice. When you walk through there, you just get super enthused about what that's going to mean for young families in the days ahead. It will require a large, significant, continued support to get that done. Our desire is to pay that building off debt-free. We will be just a few hundred, hundred thousand dollars short unless a significant gift comes in this year. Uh, we may have to carry it in a little bit into next year, but we will, with the Lord's help, have that paid off this year or into part of next year. We will also be, as soon as we open up the uh, children's building, we'll be able to address the preschool area. And that will require a remodel that will cause some shuffling, some uh, unique opportunities for us to fellowship as Baptists over those months. So that's coming as well this year. For the ladies of the church, just a quick thing in our women's ministry in 2020, uh, my wife, Miss Cammie, uh, started off when we first got here with a ministry called Heart to Heart, where the different generations work together to be um, basically encouragement to one another. And so she wanted to kind of engage that a hair uh, in a different direction this year. What she's going to be encouraging our women to do, those who'd like to do it, is to sign up during this month of January and into the first week or two of February and she will mix you up with another woman in the life of church from a different age group than you currently reside in. You'll have a chance for three months very easily to connect with a new person in the life of the church, a new sister in Christ, uh, a chance for you guys. It'll be at first it's very easy to do. At first it's a phone call getting to know each other over the phone, then it'll be meeting each other at the church. Uh, then it will be going out for a lunch or something that you choose to do, and you'll do two or three things 
over a three-month period of time and get to know another woman, a Titus woman, in life of the church. At the end of the three months, you'll re-up and you'll be assigned to a new person. And so her hope is by the end of this year, you'd have three or four new lady friends that you would have uh, new acquaintances with and be able to share life with as women in the church. Men, you say, what about us? Well, we've got some things coming your way as well. You'll be hearing more about those things in the days ahead. Take your Bibles very quickly, if you would. Turn to Matthew, a very familiar passage, Matthew chapter 28, and let's remind ourselves of God's will to be a great commission church. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, God shows us what we should be doing. Matthew chapter 28, verse 9, 19, God shows us what we should be doing. Go therefore and make disciples. Doesn't put a period there, it continues on, of all nations. Church was never designed to be a country club. It was never designed to be a place we just show up on Sunday mornings and call it church. The church is the body of Christ, those who know the Lord in relationship, who have a heavenly father, and we as his children have a mission to carry his love to every person everywhere on this planet. To go to all the nations, not just Okies who live in Oklahoma. We're to go to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we are committed to be an evangelistic church, to reach out. You've heard how we're trying to do that in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And to continue to do that even better in our Jerusalem, I'm asking the church to prayerfully consider God's timing for when we would start our next worship venue. As you know, we talked about several years ago when we cast our strategic vision that we couldn't all fit in this little itty-bitty space called our sanctuary. That God was going to use multiple spaces for us to reach people with his vision, whether it's in the annex, whether it's in this building, or now perhaps in the wellness center. We believe, as Brother Bob Shelton and his wife have been helping to kind of break that door open over at the wellness center with our community Bible class, that in the very near future that would lead to a mission planting in that building on Sunday mornings, a space that would be considered neutral for some, a space who's become relatively a church experience. Over 6,500 citizens of Oklahoma City are now members of our wellness center right next door, the city's wellness center. We get the chance and opportunity to operate that, and now there are people, they live there all day long. It's their, it's their safe place. It's the place where they're building relationships, and we believe it's a place where we can engage with the gospel. We started with the community Bible class, and, and that's continuing to flourish, and we're going to Look for opportunities either in fall of this year or Easter of 2021 of asking some of you to be missionaries to help move out there, your Sunday school class, help us start a mission in that building and allow us to continue to reach more people than ever before. What will that look like? To be determined. What will that be? When will that be? To be determined by the Holy Spirit as he works among us. But it is something to be praying about. It will be a step of faith that will continue to grow our influence in our city. Another thing we're doing as it relates to being a great commission church, uh, you just recently ordained John Neandico. Is John in the back there? Is John there? Is he getting ready for the class? John's usually right in the very back there. Uh, you remember we ordained him this year. He is now supported by the Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma, 
our association, and our church. And this is a mission church to many who've now come into Oklahoma City, started with refugees from the Congo, and many of our brothers and sisters are here in the very back, a part of that ministry, but also to other African-speaking people who've been transplanted into Oklahoma City. There are times right now they already have 50 or more people meeting together uh, and growing and impacting that culture that lives right here in Redneckville called Oklahoma City. Is that not awesome? Is that not amazing? That is glorious. Amen. Let's give that up. They are doing an amazing job of starting that mission church, and we'll continue to be a part of that. We'll support them any way and every way that we can. A new ministry that we have been uh, looking at through your strategic planning team, and God seems to be opening the door for, is a ministry we're calling Community Bridges. If you look at the logo of PCBC, you will see a bridge that's in there with three uh, supporting pillars. You can see it at the bottom of this graphic. Those three things mean the three pillars of that bridge are helping our community know God, become family, and impact the world. And we chose a bridge to be our logo. How many of you remember the rainbow days? Remember the rainbow days? I used to drive rainbow buses and pick up kids at school and take them to lunch. That used to be a logo we had. Now uh, our logo is about the bridge. A bridge conveys much about our strategy. Why do we construct bridges? Well, bridges help you get from one side to another. Bridges help get people where they couldn't get on their own. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. The church is supposed to be reaching into our community, being a bridge into people's lives, helping them get from where they are, separated from a holy God, to knowing him in a personal relationship. That's the beauty of a bridge. A bridge takes you from point A to point B. And a bridge helps you get from where you are to where you need to be. And that's what we're hoping to do as a church. And so one of the things we're doing is learning from our International Mission Board. The International Mission Board of Southern Baptists have been finding new ways to engage cultures in other countries. One of the things they're doing now is they are now sending people over into those countries and ministering to the physical need of those countries that are impoverished and in need of financial help. So what they're doing is missionaries are going over as business leaders, starting businesses within communities, and then using that business to employ natives, people they're trying to reach, through that company or through that business, ministering to their new employees, letting them see the gospel lived out through devotionals, through ministering to that employee, their families, and then customers. And it's opening up a huge opportunity for the gospel around the world. Well, America has become as big a mission field as Congo, as China, Russia, or any other nation you want to list on the planet. We are just as unchurched in this nation as many other nations are today. And we believe that this can be a great opportunity for the church to bridge into the community once again by providing services that only the church can do. For example, operating a wellness center. That operating of that wellness center is a providing a service to over 6,500 people who would never have that service if it wasn't being operated by PCBC. And out of that, we are providing leadership, we are providing volunteers, and through that, many of you have been able to have gospel conversations with people you would have never met and never known, except your engagement through the wellness center. 
And out of that, we have some new church members. Out of that, we have some new opportunities. Out of that, we have a new opportunity, which is called Community Foods, offering a cafe at the Wellness Center. Baptists are not the only people that like to eat. Have you discovered that? And who better to run a cafe than a bunch of Baptists? Come on, how good is that going to be, man? They're trying to lose weight. We're going to gain them weight over there at the Wellness Center. We'll pack it on them, right? And so Kent Wilkinson and his wife Cheryl are helping us to go in uh, and take over the cafe that has not done well there and provide a service to many there, building relationships with those that hang out in that building every single day. We're going to be calling on many of you to volunteer and to be a part of that when you can. Uh, that can be any time during the day, and it can be even in, in the afternoons or evenings. There are ways to engage by just loving on people, being a volunteer, and serving. We'll be employing people to do that ministry. It will pay for itself because they'll be selling groceries over there, if you will, vittles to the critters over at the wellness center. And out of that, they will be able to sustain uh, a ministry and a business that will employ people and will reach those employees with the gospel. We hope to engage some of our refugees who are coming in that John Nandico is working with. We're hoping to work with the Jesus House to maybe help some people that are trying to turn their lives around from addiction into finding a life skill again. Uh, we will be looking for people in the community that are needing employment and through that come in and work for a Christian organization providing a first class uh, meal over at the Wellness Center that would lead into other opportunities. Community Foods can also provide catering. They will look at expanding as the ministry grows and can provide take-home meals. And out of that, continue to hire more people that continue to come underneath the gospel to meet new customers that will lead to special events like dinner clubs and other things. So a very unique way, and you say, that doesn't sound like church ministry to me. Well, it can be. It is in China. It is in other nations. And we believe it can be here in the United States as well. And so this is a pilot ministry program that some of you will help as volunteers, some of you will engage in praying over that, and then some of you we're going to ask that instead of going to Jimmy's Egg for Bible clubs or Sunday school fellowships, that you would go to the cafe right here at the Wellness Center, hang out in the lobby, and get infectious with the members who are there. So you'll be hearing a lot more about uh, that particular ministry. So closing, you're in Matthew, are you still there? Go to verse 20. Let's don't forget the last part of the Great Commission. Because Baptists have been great at making disciples and teaching the Word of God and baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus wasn't done talking. He goes on in verse 20 and says that we are also to teach them to observe all that he has commanded. He didn't tell us to just go in the world and baptize people. He said we're to go and we're to make disciples and we're to teach people. We, not me, not your staff, we. We are to make disciples. It's not enough just to lead someone to Christ, baptize them and say, whoo-hoo, look at, we reached somebody for the gospel, not until you have taught them all things Jesus has commanded. Last year, State of the Church, one of my favorite State of the Church addresses, because if you remember, we had a grill on the stage, you remember? Can you, can you go back a year? Oh, I remember it well. I cooked a big old thick ribeye steak. Perfect temperature, medium rare. Woo! God's will for man, maybe not ladies, but for man, it was God's will. And 
that was great because we challenged you to get into the meat of God's word. But in that illustration, I was the only one that got to eat the steak. I'm not complaining. <laughs> but you might be. God never designed this to be a self-consuming faith. We're to be a faith that, yes, takes in the meat of God's word, but then we're to be cooking steak for others. We're to reach them with the gospel, and that takes the milk of God's word. And we are to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then from there, we are to disciple them in their faith until they can cook their own steak. 2 Timothy, we're about out of time. We are out of time, but I'm taking more time. 2 Timothy 2.2. It's on the screen. These things which you've heard from me, Paul said. You've heard these. He's writing to Timothy, and he said, You've heard these things from me in the presence of many witnesses. You're to entrust these same things to other faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You see God's design for the church? It was never for you just to consume steak. It wasn't just for you to have a place to come and be edified. The church was designed to be a world-changing, life-changing body of believers who go into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, who know how to cook some steak, who know how to consume steak, but also know how to serve others and help them know the meat of God's word. So how are we going to do that in the days ahead? How will that happen? There's a great ministry started right here in Oklahoma City, Northwest Baptist Church. Some of you may be familiar with it. It's called One-on-One -on -One with God. Your church staff has been going through this uh, in the last part of 2019. And in 2020, we will start. We're not going to have everybody sign up. It's not a thing you go through like experiencing God, but we are going to start discipling disciple makers. That's the whole intent of one-on-one -on -one with God. It is a very transferable way for you to grow in your faith personally, but then help others grow in understanding how to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God how to dig into the Word of God, how to study the Word of God, how to let the Word of God come alive in us. And so you'll be hearing about that this year and challenging each and every one of you in a concept called I Disciple. For many of us, we grew up in church and we had the expectation we were supposed to be discipled. We needed to be disciples. And so we come to church and say, teach us something. We need to be discipled. Well, Paul taught Timothy, not only do we need to be discipled, but I need to disciple others. I need to pass on, not just to my family, it starts with my family, but also a church family. That there should be people in my life that I'm passing on the faith and that I'm teaching the Word of God as well. And the same is true for every person who knows the Lord Jesus Christ. Problem is, we haven't had a tool in our hands to be able to do that well. One-on-one -on -one with God will help us disciple other people and we're going to ask you to engage and say yes I not only will be discipled but I also will take a couple of other people and I'll help them be discipled as well Jesus said that he would go ahead of us as the shepherd he would lead us that his sheep would follow him because they'd know his voice and then Jesus said because my sheep hear my voice I know them and they follow me 2020 a lot of opportunities there'll be more that aren't even up on the screen of ways that you can engage where you can hear the voice of the shepherd and follow him let's pray about it with every head bowed and every eye closed thank you for your patience but I hope you're not just listening in 
I hope you're receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to say to your heart. Not just how can you pray about the ministries of Putnam City Baptist Church, but how can you be engaged? Because Jesus said, before we live all of life, the first thing we're to do is to seek first his kingdom. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for us in 2020? What will that mean and what adjustment will you make to join God in what he is doing? Jesus said, I don't do anything of my own. I can accomplish nothing outside of what the Father is already doing. I just simply do what I see my Father doing. God's doing some great things through the Wellness Center right next door. God's doing some great things through our Connection Ministries. God's doing some great things in our prisons and Hope Pregnancy and Senior Adult Living Centers and many other things like Jesus House. God's doing some great things in our schools, like First Priority Clubs. That's not something all of us jump into all of those things, but all of us together can jump into the things we see the Father doing. Maybe as you've come today, you say, well, that's a different sermon. Uh, It is. It's the state of the church. But it's also a reminder to us of how do we know God's will and how do we follow his voice. And it may be that God brought you here because you just needed to know that part. Because he's been speaking to you. Maybe he's been speaking to you about a personal relationship with him. Can you hear that voice? Maybe he's been speaking to you about a church family. You need a church home. We'd love to be that place if God's speaking to you. Maybe he's spoken to you about a new way to serve. Can you hear that voice? Thank you for spending time with our church family. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, visit us online at pcbc.tv. There you can also contact us and find out how to connect with us through social media channels. And visit pcbc.tv slash podcast to listen to additional messages from Putnam City Baptist Church.